Hi, this is ETF.com's Exchange Traded Fridays podcast, a weekly podcast covering developments in the ETF industry. My name is Sumit Roy, and I'm Senior Analyst for ETF.com. And I'm Jeff Benjamin, Wealth Management Editor here at ETF.com. This week, we're talking with Wendy Wong, Managing Director at New York Life Investments. Okay, Wendy, thanks a lot for being here. Uh, I want to kick it off with the first question, talking about your background a little bit. What uh, what was the path that got you to New York life? Oh, thanks so much for having me, first of all. Um, so I my background is actually in 401k plans. Um, so I've worked at a lot of full service record keeping. If you ever want to do a podcast and geek out about 401k plans and plan design, we could do that too. I understand mm-hmm. that's not today's topic. Um, but I originally came to um, New York life to work in their um, record keeping um business. They had a full service 401k and then uh, rejoined probably about seven years ago to be in their DCIO. And while I was there, this opportunity to came, uh, came up to work on their ETF business, which is index IQ. And so I made an internal transfer there. And since then I've been learning a lot about ETFs because they are not um, a wide, they're not widely used in a 401k investment lineup right now. So hopefully both of you are, invested and contribute and participate in a 401k plan but you know it's not very often that you see etfs there so had a lot to learn and then of course etfs have changed even in the last couple of years um, with you know different varieties and actively managed and direct indexing and semi-transparent so it's been very interesting how long have you been at new york life um i'm coming around seven years this uh this go around okay yeah, and I, I would like to follow up with you at some point to talk about uh, ETFs and 401k plans. It's, it's one of my pet projects. I don't really understand why we can't get more of them in there. They seem like the the perfect uh, vehicle for ETF or for 401k plans. Yeah, that's probably another topic. <laughs> another, another another time. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to get you back on the podcast, Wendy. Of course, today we want to talk about your dual impact ETFs. I got to admit, I, I wasn't that familiar with these until I started preparing for this podcast, but they look super cool. Um, and obviously, they're, they're, it's a great causes that are behind these ETFs. Can you tell us what these dual impact ETFs are? Yeah, I, I I agree with you. So when I when I and that was the reasons why I went over um, to start working on the index IQ. So when I saw that this was a concept, um, you know, I don't know if either of you ever have intersections in your life where two things come together that are particular interests that suddenly intersect. So as an example, I've been very active in our employee resource groups at New York Life. We have seven of them. They're longstanding. Our women's one has 20 years of history, so it's been around a long time, but I'm very active in our women's and our Asian Pacific Islander employee resource groups. Um, and then even personally, that translates, right, because I'm very active in our lo- my local community, um, AAPI Montclair, AAPI New Jersey. We run a lot of cultural and advocacy events. Um, and then as, as a part of that, I also do a color run. Um, so I'm one, one of, I get involved in that. So it's like an intersection of like, I love running. I love this, this, you know, DEI community work. And so this color run is a perfect intersection of that. These dual impact ETFs are a perfect intersection of that too. So they combine thematic and impact investing, and they're designed to deliver what their name is, dual impact. So we want these ETFs 
to help investors do well and do good. So what that means is from a doing well standpoint, you know, Index IQ as part of New York Life Investments, we're an asset management firm. So each of these dual impact ETFs are designed to provide targeted, really specific thematic investment strategies to deliver financial performance for investors, right? That's what any ETF provider wants to do. So we start with a compelling investment thesis, but then we work with a nonprofit for each ETF to leverage their expertise to create the index. And I can go into that in a, in a you know, separately. Um, and then, so that's the do well standpoint. From a do good standpoint, New York Life Investments reinvest a portion of our management fees back to the nonprofit. And the nonprofit uses them to fund specific programs that are related to the ETF strategy. And then more importantly, we ask them to tell us exactly, we don't care how you're going to use it. Like we want you to use it where you feel the, is going to have the most impact and the most need for their mission. But we want to be able to measure the impact of our support. Um, so that's at the very highest level. That's the, that's the philosophy and thinking around the dual impact ETFs. I want to talk about specifically uh, one of your ETFs right now. I know Samit has a few others he wants to ask you about, but the IQ Healthy Hearts ETF. I think it's a it's an interesting strategy. It's uh, it, well, I'm gonna the way we have it described on our site is uh, the ticker is H A R T uh, that it tracks market cap weight. It's a tracks a market cap weighted index composed of global stocks with favorable health related ESG ratings. I mean, it's a been around since January 2021. It doesn't have a lot of money in it. Uh, under looks like under nine million. And performance is I would have to describe it as okay. What what can you tell us about this particular fund? So Heart H A R T is the thematic is centered around the treatment and prevention of heart disease, and that's the investment thesis that that this is centered around. So a couple of a couple of things. It heart disease is unfortunately the number one killer in the US and globally. So a lot of people have been impacted by heart disease, either themselves or someone they know. But it also taps into a demographic trend at two, right? Because as the population ages. So in the US, one American dies every 36 seconds from heart disease. That's very unfortunate. The fortunate side is 80% of heart disease is preventable through a more active lifestyle and healthier eating, which is easier said than, than done. Um, but there's two investment opportunities here. So one, treatments for heart disease will continue to be in high demand because it's a leading cause of death in both in the US and the world. Um, and secondly, as baby boomers, Gen X and Gen Y age, they are increasingly wanting to be healthier, be more active, like people just naturally change their habits as they age. Um, you know, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll flip it to, to both of you, but are you eating the same as you were maybe in your early twenties? <laughs> Not me. I love to, yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> me? <need healthier>. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's like, it, it's natural. And then I think there's just more, there's just more focus. And even during the pandemic, right? We saw sales of, of a Peloton, of home um, and exercise equipment, right? Because people were looking for things to do. Um, and that that theme, that trend has, has, has started. 
So the goal of this fund is, as you mentioned, Jeff, is to invest in companies who are contributing to the fight against heart disease or they promote a healthy lifestyle. So of course, there's healthcare. There are some bio and pharma companies like Eli Lilly, Novo Nordisk, and Novartis, but there are also companies that are encouraging people to eat better. Um, and there's companies like Peloton um, who manufacture equipment and apparel to help people stay active. So Sumit, I saw on your website, you are a snowboarder. Um, so you may be familiar with Thule. Thule, you know, they, they do snowboard gear, um, like racks and stuff, right. cars to transport, that's in the index. So is Adidas and Nike and Puma. Uh, but it's also companies who are delivering services to help people stay active. So um, Vail Resorts, if, again, if you're a skier or snowboarder, you're familiar with that. Apple, because of the Apple Watch, there's obviously health and you know, activity and Garmin, um, you know, to, for people who want to track their steps or their running pace or their mileage or their swim, whatever it is that they're, they're, they're training for. So really interesting, Wendy, that's quite the eclectic mix of stocks that you don't typically see in one index that's, you know, a, a niche type of index. You might see it, obviously, in a broader index like S&P 500. But, you know, what's the investment thesis for, you know, something like heart? Is it just the idea that, you know, the prevalence of heart disease is going to increase over time? Um, so people are going to try to fight back against that. And these companies are all going to benefit the ski resorts, the, you know, medical device companies, et cetera. Yes. So it's the treatment and research behind trying to treat and prevent health disease, but then also the demographic and lifestyle of people wanting to be healthier. Gotcha. So, so that's a cool ETF, but of course, Wendy, you have uh, a few other dual impact ETFs um, you have one focused on uh, cleaner transport, uh, gender equality, as well as clean oceans ETFs. Can you tell us uh, about these three? Which one you know stands out to you, and which one do you want to talk about? Yeah, yeah. And actually, before we leave Heart, you know, we we talked about the the you know I talked about these dual impact ETFs. You do well by doing good, and I we talked about the do well, the investment thesis, and um, you know how this index and what it invests in. I, I forgot to talk about the, the do good part. So we worked with the American Heart Association um, on, on, on this. So for each of the dual ETFs I mentioned, we work with a nonprofit. American Heart Association was a perfect partner to work with on this fund. They have almost a hundred years of history helping people live longer, healthier lives. Actually, I think their hundred year anniversary is, is this year. Um, and not only do they work to educate people about heart disease, but they're also a leading funder of heart-related research too. So we spent a lot of time with American Heart Associ Association learning about what they're trying to achieve, what kind of impact they want to have to help people live longer, healthier lives. And then we took that and we worked with Candrium. So Candrium is one of the investment boutiques owned by New York Life Investments. They have 30 years of sustainable investing experience. Um, and that's a lot of experience, but there's always more to learn. So we used American Heart Association's experience and knowledge to influence the product design and build the index. So that's one unique aspect of the dual impact ETFs. The other part is we support AHA 
American Heart Association through this. So our contributions are directed to American Heart Association's social impact fund. What American Heart Association realized is many people face health problems because of where they live and other conditions they can't control. So 80% of your health is determined by where you live. So this social impact funds that's created by and supported by American Heart Association addresses the health inequality in underserved communities by trying to tackle the root causes. It could be financial instability, employment, education, housing, access to healthcare, access to healthy food, and et cetera. Um, so if I could just share a couple of quick examples of the types of organizations that benefit from the social impact fund, and therefore, you know, that's how we're supporting the social impact fund. Um, Better Futures Minnesota is a small organization in Minnesota. They help formerly incarcerated men reenter the workforce, but not just with workforce training and opportunities, but they take a more holistic look on how they can help these men. It's with housing, health services, and life coaching. Um, you know, closer to where I live and strong, it, there's a great organization called Strong Wellness, strong, strong Children Wellness in New York City. They go to people where they are already going to, to, to provide healthcare services, mental health services, regardless of insurance. So this is the same concept. If you go to like a big box store, like Target or Walmart or your grocery store, a lot of times there's an optical store shop right there. There's a coffee shop, right? You can sort of do other things while you're there. So this is the same, same concept. Instead of asking people to go to another office or another location to get a wellness checkup, to uh, treat something, because maybe they don't have access, good access to transportation, or maybe public transit doesn't go there very well. They'll go to where the people are going to anyway. So maybe it's a community, it's, you know, many times it's a community center, so they will set up shop. And while people are going there for other activities or for daycare, they can also take care of their um, health and well-being there too. These are dual impact ETFs, of course. So the do well part is very important. And I imagine a lot of people are going to consider these ETFs. That That is at least half of the reason they're buying it, if not more than half of the reason. So thanks for, you know, that color. No, thank you. Um, and this is just a small sample. You know, there's a lot of other great organizations um, that are doing fantastic work. And so, you know, again, this I just am like personally and professionally really energized um, by the suite of, of ETFs. Um, so you, you did mention three other dual impact ETFs. And you're right, we have um, Equal, which is an gender equality ETF. Um, that's that's a that's a that is intended to offer investors exposure to U.S. companies that have de demonstrated a commitment to gender equality. We partner with Girls Who Code on that, and then through our support, Girls Who Code is able to fund 28 free clubs for girls in the third to 12th grades to help them learn coding um, and just learn more about computer science and technology fields. Um, we have cleaner and we have two, I would call like environmental ETFs as well. One is cleaner transport. That's with the National Wildlife Federation. And that, that index invests in global companies that support the transition to more environmentally efficient transportation technologies. 
it goes beyond electric vehicles. You know, people always ask, that's sort of the first thing that comes up to mind. But it's also motor vehicle parts, manufacturers, bicycles, trains, buses, things that companies are doing to lessen, um, lessen our reliance on fossil fuels and just become more efficient. Um, and National Wildlife Federation, you're probably familiar, um, you know, they do a lot of land advocacy and environmental work to protect hum um, habitat for, um, for animals and to make them more usable for communities and the people who live there. And then lastly, for um, the IQ Clean Oceans, which is O-C-E-N, Ocean, that's developed to align with Oceana. Um, they do a lot of international advocacy. They're focused on ocean conservation. And then Ocean, the ETF, uh, invests in companies that are helping to protect and achieve a cleaner ocean through reduced pollution and increased resource efficiency. A lot of stuff gets shipped in oceans, and that process isn't always the most efficient and clean. So it's investing in technology and companies that are working on that. So when do you, how do you classify these ETFs? Do you, you call them ESG ETFs, you know, social uh, impact ETFs? How, how do you classify them at New York Life? We consider them, um, they're, they're thematic and they're impact. They are ESG um, but just because of the, the boutique Candrium. You know, like I mentioned, they have 30, they have 30 years of ESG um, experience. Um, so we do, they, they can be characterized as ESG as well, but we also think of them as just straight, strong investment thesis um, opportunities as well. Let's talk a little bit about ESG. I mean, it, I'm wondering how you navigate the kind of the growing politics around ESG or anything that sounds like ESG. We look at the flows into these types of funds and it seems like ESG is swimming against the tide Obviously, you make a strong case for the strategies that we just talked about. But, um, I mean, how do you deal with that? The, I mean, ob obviously, you're familiar with the the challenges and maybe even call it a stigma around ESG these days. Yeah, there's 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 there is noise about ESG. Um, we think about ESG in a slightly different, in a, you know, slightly different manner. We we think of it as just another data point, right? So if someone is evaluating a company, they may be looking at a, a lot of different things, you know, earnings, um, you know, R and D, a lot of different, lot lot of lot of different factors. We consider these ESG type um, of data points is just another data point, ideally to take risk off the table, right? So if, if, a, if a company is, is doing something they're not supposed to be doing, or if their governance is not as strong, if something were to happen and it gets out in the, you know, it get, gets out in the news, that could have a very negative impact on its stock and its stock price and its company performance. So we're looking to identify those factors and eliminate them so though that doesn't happen to, that doesn't have a negative impact on the ETF. I noticed that none of these funds have the word ESG in the name, even though it is in the part of the description. And you've referred a couple of times to impact. We've also heard the term sustainable. I guess what I'm asking specifically is, 
do you feel at a new at New York Life that you have to work around the ESG phrase or or I guess letters because of the the politics that's growing in that space? We haven't so far. We haven't. Um, we sell through a wide variety of different channels. We sell in the U.S. We have institutions. Uh, we sell through advisors. Um, investors will sometimes come and find us. We we and we work with a lot of different um, company types. So we'll we'll work with them in a way they want to be. They want to work. So some people may be more interested in ESG, in which case we're happy to share our ESG capabilities. Others may be more interested in mitigating risk, or some may be more interested in fixed income or um, you know, funds that can deliver beyond beta. And so that's what, and that's the context of the conversation we would have with them. So we always start with what the needs of the advisors or the clients or the institutions are, and then, you know, talk, talk to them in that framework. But do you, do you feel any pushback at all on the, the ESG category? I mean, I, we all read the same news. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I, I, you, I think we all are, we all see it. Um, so maybe we're a little bit more careful and we're maybe a little bit more sensitive. Um, but that's the, you know, so it's important to ask questions of what the what the investor, what the institution, what the advisor, what pain point or what they're trying to achieve for their portfolio. So we try and right, because if you if you start with politics, that's that that may not necessarily be a productive conversation. So we try and better ascertain what they're trying to achieve and then move forward from there. Wendy, you have four of these dual impact ETFs on the market today. Do you anticipate that you're going to build out this lineup further? Can we expect more of these? We're always thinking about investment thesis and what the next trend might be. Um, so we have quite a few different options we're looking at, but not necessarily just these ESG or dual impact funds. You know, we sort of think broadly across the entire investment universe. Um, so we have some ideas in the hopper, but as you know, there's a lot of research and analysis that needs to go in. Um, so we'll wait and see. Gotcha. And do you have any sense of who's interested in these ETFs, who's been buying these ETFs? And, you know, I'm I'm wondering how these fit into a portfolio. Is it for, you know, people who would naturally gravitate towards thematic ETFs? Is that who's who's going to buy these? Well, we're seeing interest from a couple of different areas. Um, so it used to be that investors would construct their portfolio by an asset class or a size of company or sector or geography, but the world and the companies in general have become more global. So thematic investing focuses on long-term trends, not necessarily style boxes, traditional style boxes, which is how people have been maybe thinking about things. So because these combined thematic and impact investing it's a little bit more of a broader approach. So what we've seen is the most common approach is to use a fund like Heart or one of the other dual impact ETFs as a satellite position, whether it's in an ESG portfolio or to complement an existing core equity portfolio for providing you know, this thematic tilt. Um, and you know, 
and then there's also the, you know, how I sort of started off, uh, you know, my interest in working on these dual impact ETFs. Like some, some investors might actively seek out or avoid certain companies based on a company's views or actions. Um, they could also use an impact fund to express a point of view. Um, it's a, or it's a way to test the waters or a way to integrate ESG into portfolio, um, you know, in a, to test it out and to increase diversification with less sector beta. Um, so these are a couple of different ways that we've seen investors um, use or think about these dual impact ETFs. One of the things we didn't mention yet is that uh, I think one of your titles is head of sustainable investment partnerships with uh, New York Life Investments. And and what we've talked about so far, Wendy, uh, we can see a lot along those lines. Can you give us an idea, uh, kind of wrapping up here, what else you're working on? So I, I do work on sustainable investing partnerships that's related to the dual impact ETF. Um, I also have a role within um, Index IQ, which is beyond these dual impact ETFs. So we're continuing to take a look at our ETF lineup to offer what investors and advisors are looking for. Um, so this could include, we already have a strong suite of fixed income, ESG, we have active strategies. Um, and so we're continuing to look and to uh, expand into that. Like most recently we've launched, um, we've, we've rounded out our complement of ETFs. We've launched some more fixed income ones. I would mention IQHI, which is a high income ETF and ESGB which is an actively managed ETF that seeks total return in a broad portfolio of fixed income securities with an ESG tilt. So that's part of the ESG suite. Um, we've also been, um, we've also been uh, continuing to um, expand into active ETFs as well. So in, in addition to IQHI and ESGB, which are active, um, you know, we've also expanded to real estates, um, real assets, um, which is IQRA, which invests in real estate and infrastructure um, equity securities. What's the total assets and number of e ETFs that you have there? Um, so I would say we probably about 25 ETFs with like almost $10 billion um, in assets under management. Okay. Well, Wendy, it's been an absolute pleasure. You know, thanks so much for, you know, sharing your insights with us. It's been a fascinating discussion. Okay, thank you so much and happy Heart Month to both of you. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find this and all other Exchange Traded Fighters episodes on ETF.com or on any major podcast platform. See you next week.